There is hope for us yet. We are young, we are wet. I am Holly Whitaker. There is no time for And I am Laura McCowan. We both have froggy masculine voices. <laughs> yes. I do because I'm a little sick, and you do probably because it's like 5.30 in the morning there. It's 5.24, to be fair. It's oh, okay. 5.30. <laughs> and um, I do because it got cold last night, and I slept with my window open, and I woke mm-hmm. up with a little bit of a sore throat. So yeah. when you said it was really funny because you were saying yesterday, I'm feeling sick and I was starting to feel sick too yesterday and I didn't, I always feel like everything you don't that's happened to you is <laughs> me and I was like, she's, she was saying on Friday night that she was starting to feel sick. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take this rubber. Yeah. I'm also feeling a little sick. So this will be pleasurable <laughs> for people to listen to us. Be I try really hard not to. You sound, sound good. You sound cute. You have this, like you know, like cute little froggy. Fancy. Yeah. So it is Sunday. It is Sunday morning, and you are going to be in Boston on Wednesday. That's right. It's awesome, and then Wait, we're going. No, no, no. no. Thursday. I leave Wednesday Thir- night. Yeah. Okay. Thursday. Friday. Thursday morning. Yes. I was like, and wait then, a minute. <laughs> don't mess me up. <laughs> yeah. Which is really exciting. We're going to hang out and then we are going to DC mm-hmm. for Unite to Face Addiction to meet yep. our online friends that are doing- I know. So many I know. Fr- I, friends that we're meeting in real life, it's going to be weird and fun. Yeah, it is. It's going to be weird and fun. I like as we're talking about it, I got like a little bit of nervousness in my stomach um, mm-hmm. thinking about it. Um, yeah, it's a big week. It's a really big week. So I'm excited. Me too. So we had <laughs> we had something really funny happen <laughs> on Friday Friday night and. We, from it, we decided we have to, op- we want to open every show now with the best, the best and the worst of the week. So what's the best thing that happened to you and the worst thing that happened to you every week? And I think I, I think we should start it by saying what happened on Friday. Yeah. Well, that's your best thing. And it, it might was- be my best thing too, but yeah, you get it. Do you okay. want to tell it? Yeah, you tell it. It's your Yeah. Cause I need to set the scene for what where I was when this happened so on so this week was was rough like really really rough for me um and I was in a shitty mood on Friday um I I was completely overtired work at my day job has been um like really taxing and uh I just tired I'm PMSing I'm you know I was in I was in a crabby, crabby mood and I, I don't get like, I don't get like it that often. Like I, I was annoyed at the world. All humans were bugging me, you know, everybody like in, <clears throat> in order. And I, I was 
going to see Elizabeth Gilbert speak um, for a book tour that night. And I kind of hate Friday having thing, nothing to do on Friday night or no, scratch that. I hate having anything to do on Friday night. Um, and I, I was one of those like moods where I wanted to be nowhere and everywhere. And I was just like indecision and I didn't really even want to go, which is weird. Cause I, I love hearing her speak and I knew it would be great, but I didn't want to go. I was supposed to go with a couple friends. They had stuff come up, so they couldn't. And so I was just agitated, right? And way overtired. Um, and going to Cambridge is like going across the city. Again, these are things are no big deal, but it was a big deal in my mind at the time. So I make my way across to, Cam to Cambridge and I'm walking around and I decide to go. There's like, I got there an hour before we even needed to get in line and I go to this pizza place called Cambridge one and I'm sitting down and um, <laughs> I'm sitting down at the bar and I decide to order a pizza and I'm starting to feel better because I know food is coming and I realize I'm starving. And so I text you. Uh, I can't remember what I texted you, but probably just to be like, fuck, I'm in a bad mood and this sucks. Yeah. And you. No, 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 no. You texted me a picture of a man from OKCupid. Oh, I did? Oh, yeah. That looked like Justin Vernon. And I and was you're like, a picture of a man that I'm interested in. And I was like, we, we have said, different tastes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really funny. Oh, my God. And that was when I, yes. Yeah, so keep going, please. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, and then it's, this is kind of making me giggle. And then you go, Oh my God, does, it, does this woman not look exactly like you? <laughs> and you send me a picture uh, of fucking me, me. Uh, and I'm like, I, I paused for a minute before I responded because I'm like, is she being funny? <laughs> like, is she trying to, is, she, is this funny? Because it's so me. And I, it, I mean, it, it's, it's me. Like, I know the exact time that picture was taken. And I thought for sure, like, you, you couldn't actually think that this is not me. <laughs> write you back and I'm like ah. it is me you jackass and you were and then we both like you know died like I was snorting at the bar I was <laughs> hyperventilating especially because I was in such a bad mood and it made me laugh so hard like I was a little bit slap well, it was and the funny part is this like and my from my oh no I go I go where did you where's that from and you go you got me <laughs> Like, I don't know where this... Like, I, was, I was like, I mean, okay, so this is, from my end of things, I, like, it was in my, it was on my desktop, I screen grabbed a picture of the man, and then I went to go send it to you, and next to it was the only other thing on my desktop, which was a screen grab <laughs> of this woman, and I had gotten it from the internet, and I don't know, like, I was just going through something, and I was like, huh. That woman looks a lot like Laura, like oh like Laura, God. and it was like from some. It was from some internet site. It said like La La Thirty Four, <laughs> right. and I was like, shit, that woman looks like Laura. I've got to remember to send Laura this. That she's got a twin out there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I sent it to you, like, oh, by the way, I found this, and you were like crazy, and I was like, I know, and then you were like, where'd you get that from? And I was like, I don't know, you got me. Right, you're that. like, I don't know, you got me. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> There's this person out there that looks like you. 
<laughs> well, and the funny part is, I mean, it doesn't look like you. And, like, she looks really um, fancy. Drunk? And Yeah. And, like, she, I was just, like, she looked, like, the woman looked like somebody that I would imagine would be running, like, a PR firm. Um, and, <laughs> Wait, like, what did and, you and say, has a, And has acrylic nails. You, um, you said this, that looks like Laura, but... It looks like somebody who – that can't be Laura. It looks like somebody who goes clubbing. Yeah, well, you looked very – I mean, you just – you looked like – you looked very um, socialized and, um, like, very – yeah, you looked like – you looked like you – Like you I was like out. You had a I collection mean, of, of wine out. I mean, it was just very – it was very different than how I know you. It looked like – it just – it looked like somebody that um, – So funny. Not a lot. Um <clears throat> Well, it was. It was six years ago. I was in, I was in Colorado, and I in the you can't see it, but I'm cut off from smushing my face um, in a in a hug with my friend Kate, and she had come out to visit me in Colorado, and I was really really drunk in that picture. Um, it's so funny. I just like that that kept me that completely changed my mood for the entire yeah. night. Yeah, it was really funny. I think I I like kept like doubling over in laughter as I was walking home. Yeah, um, but so we decided from that I said this is the best thing that has happened to me all week. <laughs> and I think we have to open the show with like the best thing and the worst thing that's happened to us. Yeah, but now we've talked for like 20 minutes. This could really actually be a bad idea but let's go with it let's go with it okay okay and i do have to say there's nothing wrong with acrylic nails i i get acrylic nails sometimes all right um (laughs) that's funny yes um okay so um what is the worst thing that has happened to you this week um i know i i don't know that there is like i I don't know i don't my job (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to go with that. I'm struggling hard with it um, yeah. and wanting to be in a much, 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 much different place. So yeah, that's, a, that's been the hardest thing this week. Yeah. I what about you? That. Best thing, worst thing? Was, it, was, was my doppelganger also the best thing that happened to you this week? You know what? Um, it was up there. It was definitely up there. Um, I'd have to say, like, the best thing that happened was um, last night just um, having this really sweet special night with one of my dearest friends who is, um, yeah, just having a really, like, awesome night. I, um, I randomly um, went to dinner with one of my neighbors last night who's who I went through Kundalini training with, and we went through Chinatown, and we got a Zoltar card read, and we ate really good Chinese food, and we got yummy awesome. pastries, and um, there was super moon, and we went to the park, and we watched. There's this awesome thing. There's a bunch of um, there's a bunch of women, Chinese women, that get together and uh, on Friday nights and um, listen to or Saturday nights and and put a boombox out and do choreographed dancing and like oh it was just God. like one of those yeah, yeah like one of those really special nights so that's the best thing like I came home last night like walking on air I'm just so blessed and um the worst thing um the worst thing is something that actually we're gonna play into an episode um which is I got a feedback yesterday from a listener and a reader and somebody that has um been following me for a while that um is atheist and mm-hmm. who you who I uh, made you and I made through our comments um, during the steps um, made feel the way that I you know essentially spend my life working to make people not feel which is excluded uh, wrong and unheard and so right. um, mm-hmm. I um, 
it was, you know, it wasn't the, it was the worst thing because I just read that and she, you know, she used the words, well, we'll this will be an episode. We're going to go into atheism because um, it's something I don't know. Not this about. episode. But... Not this episode, but it's something right. we're definitely um, going to explore. But I think um, reading the words, it was mean and you laughed and about somebody being able, that you didn't know anybody that was being, that was able to um, be sober, happy, um, that hadn't found God. And, um, and it was just such a, it was just, it, I missed it, you know, I missed yeah. it. And yeah. I think, um, my heart broke quite a bit for it. Um, and the way that I, I mean, that's like, I, what I count my life's work is really hoping that everyone feels like they have a place and, um, yeah, that felt just terrible. Um, and it will be yeah. a good thing because, um, I, Plan. We'll get to talk about it. Yeah, and I really plan to make something very positive about it and to explore something I don't know and also include something that I didn't really think to include um, at all, to be honest, at all. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that was the worst thing. That was pretty – that was pretty bad. Um, that was pretty bad. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so that's it. That's it. All right. So – no. Long <laughs> intro. No, I think it's good. Okay. So we are today um, going to talk about falling off the path and yeah. if, um, in a couple different ways, falling off the path when, you know, you actually drink when you, you know, you're on the path and trying to get sober and you, I hate the word relapse. So, and I know you do too. So let's just, Blech. yeah. So when you drink and you don't want to, and you know, and then when you are on the sober path and you fall off, you know, just your, your oh, spiritual path, your spiritual path, your well-being, your, you know, you get off the, off track and you feel like shit. Yeah. Um, how do you get back on and what do, you know, what do each of us do? What, what, what that looks like when, when that happens and what do we do to get back on? Yeah. And <clears throat> I think it's, it's a huge, huge topic. I mean, I know I get a lot of letters like this, um, and we both got a, an email together this week, which is kind of the impetus and we're not going to read the letter, but it was just basically like, Hey, you know, I'm, I haven't been able to do these things that really help me stay on track. Right. From a woman who we both know who has been sober for, I, I believe she's been sober for six or seven, no, maybe five years, but mm -hmm. who is just like this light who's, mm -hmm. you know, very strong and in, in her own path and, mm -hmm. um, and it was a really surprising email because like every email I've ever gotten from this woman, which I get frequently, she's a super wonderful, like she's, she's somebody I count as a friend now. Um, it was just, um, it was really strange and, um, yeah, to, not strange, but just very like, oh, you know, cause usually surprising. everything is coming from her is so big. And I do want to say, you know, it's really funny. I didn't really think about the, at the, about this as relapse. Um, I have so much to say about relapse, but I, can we, so can we start before we, before we go into um, the questions that we have set up and the theme we have set up, and can we just talk about why we just why we why we don't like the word relapse? Um, each of us yeah. individually, and, and mm -hmm. what relapse means, and yeah, can you go? Yeah, first? sure. I mean, I just find the word relapse kind of um, annoying, it, or to me, it felt like. Um, <clears throat> For me, when I was, and I'm going to talk a lot about this because I spent a year and a half drinking when I didn't want to or trying to get sober or not, you know, going back out or whatever. And people would say, oh, you relapsed, you relapsed. And I was like, it just sounded 
what? Like what? Did I, did I, I don't know what that means. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. And maybe because um, there's like one, one part of it where it's like, I wasn't, you know, I'm just on this path. I wasn't like taking some vow of sobriety and then I fell off, you know, or something. I, I was just exploring this path. I don't know. It, it hits me in the wrong way. And, um, it, I, I don't have a more like a solid reason why I don't like it other than that. I, I feel like, um, it has, a, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth and not just for myself, but for other people. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It's like, I always thought it was strange when you, when you get married and you, you know, you have a relationship with, or you have an emotional relationship with someone or a physical relationship with someone else. And now it's called an affair, you know, and it was just like one of those, like, it's a strange word to me. Um, so whatever, that's my very non, (laughs) non rock solid reason that I just don't like it. I don't know why it doesn't feel right to me. So what, but yours is more specific, I think. Yeah, always. Um, yeah, I mean, the word relapse indicates that you go back into something. And mm-hmm. um, I don't think that that is what happens when you drink as you're moving forward. I think a lot of people, and I think it's very discouraging. So I think you think relapse, yeah. I went back yeah. to where, to the starting point. And I never think that that's the case. I think that, um, you know, like I'll like kind of liken this to like yoga practice, right? So I've been practicing yoga for years. Sometimes I will miss out. And I don't think like I'm starting from square one right? I've done all this work over the years to my body, to my mind. And I think if I go out of doing practicing yoga for a while, I think it accumulates and I go back into it and I start um, for where I was. Um, And so I think that there's this very big misconception that if you're, if you're working towards sobriety and you drink, um, that it, you just are back to day one. And, and this is very tied in with day counting. Um, and I mean, there's some clients of mine that I just encourage so deeply to just, just do not look at your days. Like just don't. Right. I mean, because right. I think it is such a mind. It has value and it doesn't. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I agree. But there's just something that's so discouraging about resetting to zero. And that's not what happens when you are working on not drinking and you drink along the way because mm-hmm. you're just, you, it's not like you just, all the good work that you've put into it just goes away. You really, you really are, you're still where you were, but you're still where you were. You just, and you, you just had a failure, right? You, and now, and when I look at, when I think of failure, I think of it. It's just like, it's a lesson and it's another point of reference. So if like one of my clients, for instance, is, you know, made it for a couple, like maybe a month or a couple of weeks or a couple of days and then drinks, it's not like, okay, let's restart the clock and go back to the beginning. Let's start all this stuff. It's more like using that as a tool to really understand the need, you know, like what happened, why, um, you know, and, and not only that, there's this really big fear around spinning out and it just all going to hell. And, and, um, you know, we think of like, I think of Philip Seymour Hoffman, he didn't drink for 20 something years and then, or use, and then all of a sudden he did, and then he died. And so there's this, like, this very like, you know, like idea around when you relapse, that's when it goes really, really bad. That's when people die or, you know, and I think that it's so much more like, um, 
when you do that, like you use that as a, you know, point of reference to construct um, how to move forward and how to avoid the same mistake in the future. Like that, not the mistake of drinking again, but the mistake that led you to drink again. And so, yeah. yeah, So I mean, like I could go on and on and on and on. I've written, I mean, like not written on my blog, but I've written in my, you know, personal journals and, and um, notes on, on what I think of relapse. And I think it's just, um, I think it's just a word that really is charged. And I think it's more like, I, I look at it like failure, but I also don't like it. You know, failure is a bad thing. I think it's, yeah. you know, success is built on many, 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 many failures. And um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I agree with all of that. I think, I think that's a huge, and that's a big piece of what I want to talk about is what it, what good, what a good thing it can be when you fall off the path. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I, <clears throat> I, um, I needed to all the times that I did, you know, and I, I think yeah. that's, that's a crux of what, what we're going to talk about today and, you know, how yeah. you can turn that to kind of fire in your belly and, yeah. and, um, use it and be compassionate about it. So, yeah, yeah. So you have this, we're, we're going to break it up into two different ways. Um, I, I'd love, since you're the brainchild behind it, I'd love for you to explain how we're going to talk about, uh, how we're going to break today's show up. Yeah. So, so there's two things. Um, and then two ways that we're going to explore it. One is what it looks like when you, when you actually drink, um, and you're, you know, on the path of sobriety and what that looks like, and then what you do to get back on and, and then what it looks like when you're on the path, you know, on the path of sobriety, whether you have a year or whether you have a month or two years or seven years or 10 years or 15 years and you, um, are off, you know, in AA, they call it, I'm off the beam, you know, off your spiritual path, off your center, <clears throat> what that looks like and what, what Meaning you when do. you're not drinking, but you you're not are. drinking, but you're, you know, you're off. You're, yeah. you're feel cause that's, you know, it's what we both have talked about and what we know is that so little of this has to do with drinking at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, when you are, sober, physically sober, you're not drinking, but you are feeling really fucked up or you, you know, have lost your center. You've lost your practice. You've lost your, you stopped doing your non-negotiables, which is what I, you know, I want to talk about and what that looks like or, you know, and, or when life happens and you get like taken off because maybe someone gets really ill in your family, maybe you get ill and you can't do, you know, you literally can't do some of the things that are your foundational practices. So what do you do then? You know? Yeah. That's great. So, um, so what, what, and I think we should keep it in our own, um, our own experience. Although of course we can talk about because you, you coach a lot of people and what you tell them, but you know, what does it look like for you and your experience when you were trying to get sober and you, you drink again and what, you know, what, um, what did that look like? Meaning what are like the circumstances that led to it? And then what, and maybe even what it looked like when you drank and then what do you, what yeah. did you do to get back on? Yeah. Well, I, I don't have too much to, to say here about my own because, um, I can say it about pot a lot more than I can say it about drinking. Um, cause I mm-hmm. stopped drinking, you know, um, 
I stopped drinking for 60 days without doing much of the work underneath the hood to prevent me from drinking again. Um, and when I started drinking again, it was, you know, for me, the thing that had kept me from drinking was um, this whole concept of never questioning it, never allowing the thought to enter my mind. Um, just, I don't drink anymore. And I have, you know, now I've got you to took live the my tool life. out of your toolbox. Yeah, I took the tool out of my toolbox. So I put it back in one night and, um, and I was just going to, here's what it looked like. I, and this is so common, I think for so many of us, as I found with my clients, like we, a lot of times it's not, we're drinking because things are so awful. We drink actually a lot of times when things are really good mm-hmm. and we get this idea like, Oh, why was I struggling with that? You know, for me, it was like, what was the big deal? You know, yeah, like absolutely. I wasn't struggling with this. I, I haven't drank in 60 days. I can control it now. And so I, you know, went and not only that, I was, I was like, sure that I was going to be a cheap date and it would just be one drink affair. And, you know, and then I, there I was, I was literally sucking, you know, whiskey out of a ice sculpture a few hours after that. And, um, I, you know, and I just got, I mean, I, there's pictures of me that night and I just, I was an animal and, um, and then I was like, okay, well that was it, you know? And, um, the next, you know, and I was like, I'm not going to do it again. And then I was like, well, it wasn't so bad a couple nights later. And then at Christmas right. dinner, I, you know, a couple weeks later, I, you know, in front of my family had that very, you know, that like moment where everyone's slightly uncomfortable because you haven't been drinking and you've told them you have a problem with it. And then, um, my sister had, you know, and so it kind of went like that. And then my sister was giving birth at this time and, um, I was down in LA and I hadn't really gone off the rails yet. And, um, a couple weeks later, I was with my family for a week, which is at the, which was at that point, um, like, um, I, there's, there's nothing I can like in what that was too. Um, but I was in LA, I was launching a big project and the next thing I knew I was in a hotel room with, um, two bottles of wine and a lot of food. And I was on the Mm -hmm. phone, you know, with one of my friends drunk and just like saying, I hate my life. And, you know, so it like kind of just went right. Like it did, it was a slow drip into full blown back, right back, um, to what I was doing. And, um, but, you know, I guess for me, what it was like was, um, the funny thing is I knew that I was going to be sober. I don't know how to explain that, but, um, as I was even going through this and going, you know, and kind of going off, I was still meditating and doing all these other things. Um, yeah. and so well, you, knew, was, you, you mean, you knew that like, that was your destiny. That was your path. Yeah. You were going to be sober. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, mine is a little bit different just because there were, there were, it was, you know, I don't do anything small and, um, I, you know, and I went off big and I also, um, stopped again, you know, just a couple months after that and, you know, and stopped for, for, you know, I, I, I stopped on April 1st and then two weeks later I, I drank and then, and the same exact reason I did it before, you know, wanted to be, you know, was at a, a big gathering, wanted to have sex with my ex-boyfriend, wanted to lose inhibitions. And then my, you know, like I, the, the same, I drank for the same, I gave it, I stopped twice for the same reason. And then, but I just had this, I knew from, I mean, I really truly knew from that moment, like I can go back to that moment in October when my friend wouldn't get in the cab. I, I always go back to that moment because it was just a moment I was like, no more. I am done with this. Yeah. And um, so I knew, I mean, I guess like I'll just say to kind of wrap it up, what it was like falling off was 
um, was really, um, was, was usually when it was good, usually when I wanted to have fun, usually when I had talked to myself into some idea of I can handle it. And what it was like getting back was I always knew that was where I was headed and I was doing it in my own time in the way that I knew how. And I had this very deep trust for myself as I was doing it, even as I was in that hotel room with those two bottles of wine, you know, feeling like shit. Um, I knew, yeah. like, I was just like, I mean, if anybody would have said, stop drinking, Holly, which, which some people did at that point, um, I was like, I know what I'm doing, you know, like, and I know I'm going to be sober, just, yeah. you know, like, back the fuck off. And um, give me a second. <laughs> give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. I'm figuring it out. Because um, I was the whole entire time from the moment I decided to stop drinking until I finally did, I knew that's where I was going. But, um, but for, for pot, it was much more, um, and I'll, I'll shut up quickly here. Um, for, like, for no, pot, this is was, good. This is perfect. Well, pot, it was much different. Um, pot was very, um, I didn't want to quit pot and, um, I knew I had to. And so I wasn't fully on board and I've written mm-hmm. about this. If anybody kind of wants to read what, what, um, you know, how, what that was like, um, there was a blog that I put up about how, to, how I quit pot and cigarettes. Cause that was very hard. Um, but what that looked like was, um, very, 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 um, erratic and, um, and wanting to quit so badly, but not really being on board to do it and not really trusting myself that I would ever do it. It was really mm-hmm. scary. And so what that looked like was a very, um, schizophrenic, I, you know, one minute I'm done and I'm, I was, I literally launched glass, smoking products off of my balcony onto the street below and, you know, doused cigarette packs. And the next morning, like I'd be like right back at the store. And so it was very, very like, um, it was awful. It was awful. And it was hard. And it's scary, right? Because you, yeah. And it's really scary when you feel like you might not have the ability to do this. Like you might not have the capacity to do it. <clears throat> yeah, and you it's want exhausting. to want it, but it's you exhausting. don't want it. Yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, it was just like it's this like it was like having two voices in my head, and mm-hmm. I don't want to do this, but just tonight, and um, and then, but again, the same thing is I wanted it. I did like there was a part of me that was just like this is where I'm going, even though I wasn't a hundred percent on board. Um, and then because of my determination, it just, it just did, it did, it eventually (sighs) went, you know, after many, 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 many tries. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So getting uh, back on the path, I guess, is what the the answer is. Uh, Getting back on the path for me was just relentless pursuit both times, both times, even though one was, you know, much, um, big swoops. I see one as like these big waves and I see one as these tiny little, like, like an uptrending line, almost like the GDP. Um, yeah. just mm-hmm. like down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. And like, but it, over time it trended up into the point of being, being free of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'll answer to, I'll answer now. Um, yeah falling off the path of um when you are trying to when you are when you're going for sobriety what does it look like yeah so <clears throat> so it this is what it looked like um for me i 
you know, my, um, my drinking didn't necessarily, well, I think our drinking looked different, but that, you know, not necessarily, I think our insides were the same. I think for me though, I, my experience was much more like yours with pot and cigarettes. It was, um, you know, I had a lot of evidence to show that I did not, I should not be drinking anymore. Um, I got a DUI in, um, May of two, of 2013 and not just like a DU, I mean, it was a DUI, but it was, <clears throat> my reaction to it was terrifying It would because it was basically nothing, you know, it was like, I, um, pretended like it didn't happen or like I was just okay. And at that point in my life, my drinking looked like I was drinking every night. I didn't drink during the day, but my, I was drinking every night and I was drinking, um, and blacking out. And so in, in my, everything was just fucking chaos. So, you know, I was in trouble and I didn't, for me, it was a, a knowing that I needed to take care of this, but a deep, deep, deep denial about how bad it was and a, a t- complete terror that I didn't want, I didn't want to, I really didn't want to stop drinking. I mean, even until the very, very end, I, I did not want to give it up. I did not want sobriety. I just didn't want it. Um, and you know, I, so it, what it looked like for me falling off was, you know, very schizophrenic, like you said, like I would, I was forced into going to, to, to addressing it, to take the heat off from my family and from my ex-husband and from my friends. So there were a lot of people who really cared if I was going to get sober or not. And to the point where not only did they care, but it was going to really significantly impact my life because my daughter, you know, I would, I would probably not have custody of my daughter if I kept drinking. Um, and I would have to lie a lot to hide the fact that I was, if I was going to keep going. So it was a lot of drinking, you know, I would go one or two days in the beginning, literally like one or two days was a big win. And then I just, I couldn't take it. You know, it was like you, and I didn't have all of these tools. Like, you know, it was like ripping a bandaid off and just kind of bleeding out. And, um, that was the only tool in my toolbox. Like I, I could, you know, I had other things like running and yoga and blah, 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 but I didn't, you know, those were nowhere near uh, the usage of the tool that I had in alcohol. I just didn't know how to be. So I went back to it and I, and I feel like, um, of course I went back to it, you know, like, of course I did. And it, what it looked like was I would usually drink at home or, you know, I would, and I would have a couple bottles of wine or I would drink, you know, where with, I would drink alone. So that's what it looked like. And then it would be like, I'd wake up and, you know, oh my God, no way. I'm never going to do this again. So very much like you, like, this is awful. I don't want it, but I also don't want to be sober and I don't know how to be sober. So then I would put together, you know, two weeks, uh, three weeks, but it was, it was acutely difficult for me, uh, the whole time, 24 hours a day. And, um, and then I would, I would drink again and it looked like, you know, one night of drinking, and then I would go back to AA or I would go back to being sober. And it was like, if I look back on the trajectory over time, I can see, like you 
said, it was like building these muscles. You know, I, I would return to AA, even though I didn't really, I was pissed off about things I heard in there. I was pissed off about that. This was my fucking life. I didn't want it. But I also was, you know, heard something in there that resonated deeply into my heart and I saw people living. So it's like, like you say, you know, you poured sand over this tiny pinhole in the ground and little bits of it would seep through. And, you know, eventually it was, um, I would put together a little longer stretches of time. I um, started to know people and so I'd start to know more in in my heart, not just, you know, knowledge I had in my brain about what, um, what alcohol, you know, about sobriety versus not being sober and all the, my past experience knowledge. And, um, and so it started, you know, I built it up, I built it up and what it looked like at the end, what, and I want to talk about what it looked like when I, you know, what look getting back on the path looked like, because that, changed drastically over time. I realized that I had to tell somebody when I, when I drank and not for any other reason than it, it took the burden off of me, you know? And I realized that it's not, it wasn't shameful. Yeah. I, it wasn't like I was more fucked up than everybody else. I, I needed to tell people so that I, because I realized I needed other people, you know, I needed, and especially people in recovery. I mean, I didn't go and tell my friends that were, because, you know, my family that was not involved in this process and didn't know deeply what it was like, because that would have just scared them. I, I went to people in recovery and I said, Hey, this happened. I called you. I went to AA meetings and put my hand up and said right away, you know, I, I drank again and I'm terrified and um and I'm pissed I'm really pissed you know that's what it looked like more often because it's like why did this happen again or um and sometimes I knew why it happened like look I just wanted to drink more than I wanted to not drink you know I I went out to like with my work friends happy hour and I wanted to drink I still there's still a part of me that wanted to do it yeah and I needed to research what that was like. I needed to be done and I needed to be done. And that's why, you know, when people like say, you know, I I know, or or if people are unsure about whether or not they want to be sober, then they, I I never tell anybody to stop unless they're ready to stop. And yeah. if you are ready to stop in a moment, because this is one of the tricky things about it, right? If you're ready to stop, you're really ready to stop um, and in a moment, you probably are ready, you know, because we can easily become like unduly alarmed and you could say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Like that's the nature of it is there's, there's a massive denial, but um, you also just have to kind of really be done, you know? I, yep. One of the things that you say in AA is, you, you know, the only requirement for membership is a, is a desire to stop drinking. And that pissed me off because I didn't want to stop drinking or I thought I didn't, you know, I wanted my life to stop exploding, but I didn't want to stop drinking. So, so it looked like that for me for a year and a half and it was increasingly scary and um, increasingly depressing that there was, you know, I, I, um, 
I was doing this thing that I didn't want to do anymore, but um, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to to stop. And um, I think that the thing that kept that that I would say to anybody who is experiencing this, and I get letters all the time, is <clears throat> one tell someone like not just after you've drank, but but really tell someone when you're feeling, you know, and it's counterintuitive, but talk to someone in recovery, like every day, you know, talk to someone about where you are. Yeah. Um, there is zero, you, you cannot tell somebody who has been through this, something that is going to shock them or embarrass them. My dad said it to me, you know, I said, I'm too embarrassed to go in to those rooms again and say, I drank. And he's like, look, you cannot surprise these people. You can't. You can't shock them. You can't surprise them. There is nothing you could say that will count you out because somebody has done the same thing or worse. And it, it just, that's not, you know, the point is you, you can't, you can't, you're, you're okay. And so that, you know, that is what I would say is a big piece of it. And, um, the other piece is to <laughs> take care of your, it, it, I want to talk about this when we talk about getting off the path later, but um, you know, once you are sober, but when I heard Elizabeth Gilbert talk this weekend, she said this great thing at the end um, because a woman came up in the, at the end and said, you know, I'm struggling. I'm going through a divorce. My life is completely turned upside down. I've lost 30 pounds. I'm in a lot of pain. And, you know, I just wonder if you have some words for me. And she said, you know, this is not just for you, but for anybody who's going through a transition, she said, take care of your animal. And everyone was like, what? You know, she's like, your animal, your body, like you're, you, you know, we have these minds, you know, but we also have these bodies are, you know, we're, we're mammals. We have these bodies. And a lot of times we we neglect when we're going through something painful we neglect our body our 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 mammal our you know if someone came up to you and it's almost like if someone came up to you and said here's a wounded in you know, this wounded puppy and it's shivering and it's suffering and it's scared what would you do to nurse that thing back you know be that gentle with yourself um take care of your take care of your animal and for me that looked like writing a letter to myself. It looked like extreme self-care. It looked like um, crying and writing. Um, you know, I, I always go to words, um, words of comfort, you know, poems by Rumi, poems by Warsam Shire. Um, and that's how I got through. Like, that's how I, I got through the hundreds of times that I drank when I didn't want to, when I was trying to get sober, hundreds, hundreds of times. Um, so that's what it looked like for me. And, you know, I, I get really like emphatic about this topic because I feel like everybody thinks that they're a bigger fuck up, yeah. you know, when, when they're, they're going, the that they're going through this or like, how can you have so much information? How can I know so much at one moment and be so resolute about what I need to do and then drop off and do it again. How can that happen? And um, 
And the answer is, I get it. I mean, anybody who's gone through this gets it. It's, it's the path to it's, you have to come back and come back and come back and come back and come back again and just keep coming back. Um, and that's why, you know, there's a dailiness of it. You know, there's a renewal every day to say, I need, you know, it just, it's happening today. This is, I can control the next 24 hours or maybe the next hour um, and stop pretending, you know, stop promising yourself you're never going to drink again. Just promise yourself you're not going to do it right the second and then the second and then the second. And I think that's so interesting. So that's that last part that you said and everything that you said, I, I, I wholly understand. And um, the last part you said, though, I, I don't. Um, that whole second by second, minute by minute, just for today thing, just never, I don't know, it just never worked for me. That actually brings such a great deal of anxiety to me mm-hmm. whenever I think of, of just 24 hours or j- a day at a time or. Um, yeah, I know. We always have kind of disagreed on that or it just doesn't work for you, but it really it works. It does and I hate it. I hate the concept of it because to me it feels like the death sentence that your well, rest of your life is spent and I I get it I mean like if you actually if I were to actually look at my life and explain how I live my life it's kind of that way you know yeah but, um but whenever it's said whenever it's explained you just have to do it for today or it's just it just makes um it makes me feel very not comfortable and it makes me hate, it hate, makes me hate the concept of sobriety. Um, in that so, right. Because you feel like you're in a place of suffering day after day. Like you're just trying to It feels on. like just, yeah, it feels like white knuckling. That's exactly, that's a really great, thank you. Yes. That is, it feels like just, you know, it feels not, I, I don't know. And that wasn't my experience. Like my experience was never just make it another minute that was never my experience. Yeah. My experience is never like, I mean, never. And yeah. that had, if somebody had told me I had to just hang on every second of every minute or every, or just for 24 hours, I would have been out. <laughs> I would yeah. Have no, that. I think that's why it's awesome. That way, you know, it's one of the reasons why we talk because it hits you very differently. And oh. the way that it hits me is everything is temporary. Like, Well, I get that. Yeah, but so it doesn't, and it's not, you know, in those early days, in the first 30, 60, 90 days, that's how it felt to me. I wanted to drink really, really bad. Yeah. And it wasn't lifted for me. Like the idea of never drinking again made, I, I, it made me feel insane. Like, you know, it, removing it from, I just, it was too much of a loss, you know, it felt like too blunt of a loss. So saying I'm not going to do it today. Like I can totally do that. I can figure out today. And if I project into the future beyond that, I I already lose because it just doesn't compute. I can't imagine my life or I couldn't not drinking ever again. Like I just don't even know what that looks like. It feels terrifying. feels awful. So I think for me, it's the total opposite. There's a lot of freedom in that, in that sentiment. There's a lot of freedom in saying, I just need to do it today because then what it ends up looking like, like there is something to attaining physical sobriety. There's a shift that happens in your 
your neurology. There's, there's, yeah, there's a shift that happens in your body. And so it's, you know, it's very, it translates for me then not into, and now I'm not struggling every day not to drink at all. And now I'm just, I'm just, but, but keeping that one day at a time mentality is like, whatever's happening today is just happening today, you know, and tomorrow will look different. And once you experience that, you can have these fits, you know, you can have these um, things that these feelings that overcome you and then they pass and experiencing that you build that muscle over and over again. So, you know, it just passes, you know, you know, it passes good, bad, all of it. So, but I, yeah, I think and I have to say, I do agree with that. I mean, you know, me, you know me very well. Mm-hmm. And you do know if I'm having, if I'm going through something that's painful or hard, you know, the first thing that I'll explain to you is I know it's going to go away. I mean, I right, know this, right. my, I know this very well. I would never call it one day at a time. I just know that there's, I guess for me, I always know that the sky is always blue, even if clouds are passing mm-hmm. and that there's always, you know, that there's always, you always, you know, as, as bad as it gets is as good as it gets and all that other crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to say one thing, which is I do, you know, and when I work with my clients, a lot of times there is that I get that, I get that I never again, um, you know, and I'm not sure if I want never again. And I don't know if I can, you know, like that feels like such a loss. And so a lot of times um, I don't do the day at a time thing. I just, it's just to me, that feels like very, it feels like a lot of work. Um, but a lot of times I will, um, most all the time, I will advise, let's try 30 days, let's try 90 days, let's try a fixed period of time. So I think anybody can, you know, like say, okay, I can do the fixed period of time and give your body the time to adjust the physical addiction or whatnot. Yeah. And also the, it's not even just the the, the physical, it, it's also the um, psychological and totally. the, um, emotional and all that other, I mean, the, it's a full spectrum, but um, so, I, I mean, there's, we agree, I think in principle in many of this, I think it's the terminology of just saying every day you wake up and you, you know, like to me, it seems, it does. It seems very, um, oh, it's not, it doesn't sound fun to me. Right. Know. But that's, I mean, that's perfect because yeah. there are going to be people who, who are on, you know, vibe with that. Team Laura and, and Team Holland. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are people like, that's why, you know, there, it's exactly why we do this because right. you need it all paths are valid and whatever works for you works for you. And it's not that you're kidding yourself or you're, you know, it's just that you need to hear That's a right. lot of different stories and perspectives. And, um, and that's a great point. It's not that you're kidding yourself because it's just so cool. I mean, I love that. I love that because it's just, and, and you and I are, you know, we're only two representing, you know, millions, millions, mm-hmm. billions. Um, really, if you think about it, billions, um, we're only two, right? And that's just yeah. a, a very different, but, and, you know, and if we had five other people in here, you know, they have five other opinions and, um, and it's exactly right. There's, there's just, you're not wrong. It doesn't, you're not kidding yourself if it's what works for you. Um, yeah. Um, and I want to, because this is how, you know, I metabolize things is through words. Um, and I'm going to post, I'm going to do a blog post about this um, topic to, as a follow-up with a podcast. And I, can I just read my two favorite, um, sort of comeback poems? Of course. Okay. So the first one is, is by Rumi. Um, Mm -hmm. and it goes, 
Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving. It doesn't matter. Ours is not a caravan of despair. Come, even if you've broken your vows a thousand times. Come yet again. Come, come. And that is, I have this written down on a, in a bunch of places. And I, um, you know, anyone who's read my blog or whatever um, goes through my Instagram knows that, like, I find these words like to be very helpful and um, anyone who is drawn to them, I suggest that you write them down, write things down on pieces of paper and put them in your wallet, in your pockets. And they're, they're such good reminders because listen, this was written in the 13th century, right? <laughs> These struggles have been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And you are in, you are in the human condition, just like everybody else. Like count yeah. words like this, count, count your, you know, count you in. And, and that is one of the scariest parts about falling off is that we imagine ourselves to be alone. And oftentimes after it happens, we isolate and what, how, whatever you need to do to count yourself in again, do it and quickly do it quickly, you know, write down the words, revisit them, go to a meeting, go to call someone on the phone who gets it and just say it, you know, count yourself back in. Um, the other one is like, I'll try not to cry when I'm reading this because it's so someone in, um, in, on Instagram, this guy in Long Island who, um, you know, I became Instagram friends with tagged me in this in when I was really in the depths of struggling, you know, like right in the middle of that year and a half when I kept drinking and didn't want to. And it was after a really horrific scene with that involved, um, my daughter and uh, lying and, you know, puking on my walls with red stains, of, you know, what red wine and just another night of just, ugh. And um, he tagged me in this and I never forgot it, forgot it. And it, it too is written on lots of sheets of paper and I'll post it when I do the blog post, but it's by Warson Shire, who is this Kenyan born, Somali British poet. She is this, like just incredibly powerful force of a woman. And I think she's pretty young. Um, but it says, come with every wound and every woman you've ever loved, every lie you've ever told, and whatever it is that keeps you up at night, every mouth you've punched in, all the blood you've ever tasted. Come with every enemy you've ever made and all the family you've ever buried and every dirty thing you've ever done. Every drink that's burnt your throat and every morning you've woken with nothing and no one. Come with all your loss, your regrets, sins, memories, blackouts, secrets. I've never seen anything more beautiful than you. I love that one. I love I the Rumi one, but I love that one. Yeah. So, you know, I, I wanted to share those because they're, they, those two are kind of my go-tos and I, um, you know, the, the actual content, especially of the second one is like the last line, I've never seen anything more beautiful than you is what it is, where it is, you know, like you are, when you do these things and these things happen to you and you drink again and you don't want to or whatever, you're beautiful. Like you're still yeah. beautiful. And I, um, 
if you can find that seed of compassion in yourself and turn that into it, it, what it does turn into is compassion, right? Because now I can talk to people who have, who are, and you can talk to people who have fallen again a thousand times and say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, So, so I wanted to share those. I love both of those. It just reminds me of there's, um, and you know, one of the things that, that I, I think resonated with me so much was, um, well, there's, there's always the part from Cheryl, from Cheryl Strade's wild where, you know, she basically says, um, you know, what if I already was redeemed? And, what if I was already forgiven? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that unfortunately I didn't figure out until it was far down the line was that we are always redeemed, even when we're, even when we're in our, in our darkest, even in those moments. And there's this beautiful, um, chant from um in Gurmukhi from from Kundalini which is Ong So Hung which just simply translates into I already am what I long to be and mm. um you know without getting into um temporal and and time and <laughs> eternity yeah. but everything that's already happened or that will happen has already happened right and mm-hmm. there's just this like and that's one of the things I kind of go back to and I'm you know, sitting in my apartment today that I'm going to be giving up and then, you know, jumping into the void and, you know, with all these big dreams. I mean, it's funny when one of the things I I always have clients do is I have them go through and envision what it is they want. And, and they all like very easily come to a very clear vision of themselves um, in the future like a very clear vision of themselves. And the Mm -hmm. beauty of this is this has already happened. What we can see, what we can imagine is just really, truly already ours. It's already happened. And so- Or you wouldn't be able to see it. Or you wouldn't be able to see it. Exactly. And so, thank you. Yeah. And so there's just this- this beauty that like we think we have to travel so far and the truth is we're right now you know everyone always is I will be when I and the truth is it's now is when I mean Mm. right now no matter what you did last night no matter what you're doing this morning no matter what you're going to do tonight you already are and um it's a hard thing to it's a hard concept but for, you know, for instance, right now I live in Rome. I mean, <laughs> in right. my mind, right. you know, like there's just, I, you know, all these beautiful big things that we want. I don't have to rush because I'm already there on some level. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that's, that's just the beauty of all of this is, and the unfolding. And one of the things that you really truly begin to understand as you go is, when you go back, you know, there's this, like, I need to shed who she was. I need to, you know, and, and it's true. We do need to burn up parts of ourselves mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to be reborn, but we, you know, but, but, but those, but every version of us was already, was always made of the same stuff underlying all of that. The changeless part of you, the, you know, is always perfect. Even when, right. even when you were, you sucking, can't feel it. Even when you were sucking his dick on a bathroom floor, when, you know, you were shit faced drunk and, you yep. know, I mean, even when you were doing all of it, you were always perfect underneath. And, even when and, you were lying in a jail cell, <laughs> when you'd wrecked your car, myself, totaled your car yet again. Uh, yeah. Even then, even, even then. then. Yeah. So before we move on to how you get back on your path and kind of move past the drinking part, I do want to give just a couple of things that I had, I looked this up while you were talking because I, the whole relapse thing was a surprise to me and I didn't prepare for that part of this. 
Um, but I will say that one of the things that I think uh, is really highly helpful in whenever we do go off the path or whenever we do something that we don't want to do or when we're faced with it, this is the, this is kind of the, um, this is the meat of what I, of my offerings to you in terms of how to, um, how to work with it. And the first is when you're in that, when you're in that space, when you are about to, right? So when you're in that space where you are about to, and mm-hmm. you don't want to, and you feel like this is never ending and you feel like, um, this, you know, like in, I guess in that point of the burn, I love going back to that place because that's where it really happens. Right. And yeah. there's two ways it can go. And, and when you're in that place where you are about to fuck it all and, 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 and go back to drinking or whatever it say is. Say fuck you it. Do, <laughs> when you're about you know, to say fuck when it. You're, when you have like, um, Gabby Bernstein calls them the efforts, right? Yep. When you have the fuck it. Um, there's a couple of really different good ways that you can deal with it. The first is um, in those moments, realize that um, there's whenever we're pushed outside of our comfort zone. So for instance, um, whenever we have to struggle to learn something, whenever we are, um, you know, essentially just pushed that far out of uh, our ability. So mm-hmm. in the burn, um, that's actually where most of the change is made. Totally. And so one of the things that I really started looking forward to is actually in those moments where, oh, fuck, I wanted it or, oh, God, I was about to. And then changing and, and actually using that as a moment to change my behavior because there is um, just neurologically speaking, there is a lot that happens. So you don't learn when you, you know, if you're going in and you're taking a test, you don't learn when it's easy. You really don't. But the more, um, the more new synapses are, are created in your brain actually when it is difficult, when it's just outside of your comfort zone. So when you're in those moments, you can actually make bigger brain changes and bigger pattern changes when it actually is harder. And so the first is to kind of take advantage of those moments when it's like, to actually not do it is to create a new, is to actually um, strengthen and create like bigger bandwidth, like bigger piping in your neural pathways, meaning create, you create, you lay down cable, you lay down new cable mm-hmm. and, um, and that new cable is stronger and wider and bigger than the cable that just goes, okay, yeah, I'm going to have the drink. So right, the first right. is when you're in the burn, um, that is, you know, like they say it's tapas in, in yoga terminology, the burn is actually where most of the good change happens. So that's the first, and then the second is um, when in doubt, play it out, which is also a Gabby Bernstein yeah. thing, it's also a smart recovery thing, which is when you're in those moments of wanting to, um, if you actually just take a second and say, okay, if I do this, then what's going to happen? And a lot of times if we can take ourselves down with that story is we don't want the next, we don't want the end of it. We just don't, we don't want to end up in the stranger's bed or we don't want to end up with, you know, the racked with anxiety, with the wine colored vomit on the wall or in the jail cell or whatever it is. And so, right, exactly. Or the, or even just the simple, right, like waking up with that shame and regret or whatever it is mm-hmm. we know we're going to feel. And so when in doubt, play it out. And then the third part um, is the, this is the best part is if you do do it after, you know, uh, those two things, if you do end up doing it, um, the, the best thing that you can do for yourself, and I love this, like um, Pam actually has a, in the Bodhisattva way, she talks about how when you do something that you don't want to do, um, you know, our Western inclination is to, is to beat the fuck out of ourselves. It's yeah. modulated to, and to really, you know, um, carry around this guilt. And then there's just, there's no, there's just no point to guilt. There is no, it doesn't do anything good for anybody. And it never has a guilt nope. is 
guilt is just bullshit. No place for shame. There's no place for shame in it. And so, which doesn't mean you don't get to have regret. And so she has this really beautiful, beautiful way of putting it, which is when something like this happens and we do what we don't want to do, um, lay aside the guilt, lay aside that I'm a piece of shit, lay aside that I did it again, lay aside all of those things that, you know, that the self-punishment, but find the place in yourself where you can feel the regret for it. Let your heart break over the regret for it mm-hmm. and then keep moving, right? Mm-hmm. Learn, learn from it and let your heart break for it, but don't, don't Add shame on top the, of it. No, do not get into that. I am the worst. Like the best thing, you know, I, I put something up recently and it was well received, which said, you know, you don't get sober by just wanting to be sober. You get sober by loving yourself so much that you don't need to drink. Yes. And when and yeah. that came from a week when a lot of people had drank when they didn't want to. Yep. And there's this like, I'm so wrong. I'm so bad. And we think that that's going to stop us from returning to it. And that will just push us right to it. But if we can actually say, I'm so good. Look at all I've done. Look how hard I tried. And if we can actually find the compassion for ourselves as humans in those moments, moments and really truly find all the good things right i had one of my one of my friends go through all of the things all the wonderful things about herself can you tell me about the week leading up to it can you tell me about all of the steps that you took and all those nights that you didn't drink and all of those times that you did the meditation and all of those wonderful beautiful things can we talk about that and how hard you're trying and that you're on the phone today talking about it instead of right which is the huge act of bravery it is and that's like and if we can find the like like the pride in what we've done and the love for ourselves we won't need to escape we won't, but yes. if we're sitting there instead and saying, I'm such a fuck up, you know, people need to drink to not be fuck ups. People don't need to drink if they're just so fancied with themselves and all of the beauty that they are. And so yeah, I love it. Forgive and love and just see the things that you've done and not the things that you haven't. And that will change your story. That will create, that'll keep you from going back. The guilt will keep you tied right to it. So that's, that's yes, what I have to say. I love all of that. I, I had just a couple of comments on, on what you said, because um, I, especially the first part about, you know, when the change, when it gets really sticky and really hard and you're in that fight or flight mode, your brain's just flipping out. Um, one of the things I realized, it's to- totally true, by the way, that when you work through those times, you build a superpower. Like I yeah. always tell people when you go through, you know, your first weekend with your family where, you know, in scenes where you used to drink a lot and you go through that and you fucking bear it down and you make it, you built a new superpower, you know, you learned how to do it. And it doesn't have to be a monumental thing either. For me, it was like any any day on at five o'clock was really hard. My brain was like, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, you know, and I had ways that I walked home that I went, you know, towards the train where there were five different places where I could go in and have drinks or buy at the liquor store or the, the bar in the train station that, you know, my brain was like flipping, like, Yep. 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 And you know, you, you, it's what my point is, it's supposed to be exactly that hard. Like it doesn't mean that something is wrong or you're not doing the right thing. It is supposed to be as hard as it is. I 
will always say, this is the hardest thing that I have ever, ever, ever done. And I've been through some shit. It is the hardest thing I've ever done to get and stay sober. So it's supposed to be that hard. And I just want, you know, I want to, to emphasize that like you're in, you know, I will never forget one of the hardest moments for me was very mundane. It was driving. I think I was like maybe a month sober. I was driving my daughter around on a Saturday afternoon. Um, We didn't have like a, a bunch of plans or anything. We had done the morning activities. I was exhausted from life. And, you know, I was listless. I was, I was irritable, restless, discontent. I was pissed and there, I knew I couldn't drink. I had no plans to make. All the plans sounded terrible. You know, I could invite people over for dinner. Nope. That would require me to socialize. And, and honestly, I don't know how to do that yet without drinking. Uh, I could, I went through all the plans. Nothing sounded good. Nothing sounded right. And I was on this familiar stretch of road. When I say nothing sounded good, nothing sounded right. I mean, nothing brought relief. No idea brought me relief. And I was on this familiar stretch of road and I thought, this is doing it. This is exactly what this is doing it. You're doing it right now, you know? And this is exactly how hard it is supposed to be. And it, something in me clicked at that moment because I was highly uncomfortable and not, you know, seeking the relief is where it was at. Like I just had to burn through that and it didn't, you know, lasted a couple hours and I gave myself a lot of slack. I went home. I think I went to, took a nap, put my daughter in front of the iPad and took a nap, you know, and, and it, and it passed. But in that moment I burned through something, you know, so it's supposed to be that hard. The other piece, and then, you know, we can move to the second part of this is, you know, we, I spent 20 years of my life drinking. 20 years, you know, I'm, I'm only 38. I spent 20 years of my life drinking pretty alcoholically, like not you, sometimes it didn't look like that, but I drank for every single reason. I drank when I was happy. I associated basically at the end, everything I did, I associated with drinking. So to unravel all that takes a lot of time, you know, and to be cognizant of that, like people think I should feel better at a month. I should feel better at two months. I sh- I'm a year sober. I should feel better. I'm five years sober. I should feel better. And it's like, no, you know, you walked a long way into the woods. You walked in that, in, you know, for 20 years, you walked into the woods. It takes a while to get out. So that's the last piece I'll add. Yeah. And I want to say, I will, I want to add something, just a bit of a different perspective from my end. So the burn for alcohol wasn't like for me, it's just, and I have to be really clear with this just because this is is very much my story. The burn for alcohol wasn't there. I didn't have the, you know, this is the familiar route. This is the store I can stop at. This is the alcohol was out of the picture. Right. Um, For me though, the burn of the change really was actually in those moments where, um, I guess where I did things differently and it was just me 
unmasked without, without the numbing agent. Mm -hmm. And so I want to kind of, I want to counter that by saying like, I didn't ever feel that like I could just drink right now. Or, I mean, that's come up a few times. It came up in Italy one night where I was, um, where I had a, a really bad thing happen. And I, my dinner guest had, you know, a liter of wine in front of him. And it was one of those moments where I wish I drank, but for the most part, and I have to counter this just because I think the part of the story that's really resonates for me is that it just wasn't like, it really wasn't about alcohol, um, wanting alcohol or like right. almost going to the liquor store. Or you just having wanted out. Alcohol. You wanted an escape. Well, yeah, I just wanted, I mean, it was, the burn was actually going through my life, like, you know, in a, well, first of all, going through a world that drank still when I didn't drink, right? Yeah. And the, you know, and also the, okay, this is what I do with my evenings now, or, or the, you know, okay, this is what life is like when you're actually experiencing it and you don't run away from it. Yeah. Or, okay, this is what life is like when you actually pull the thread um, and begin to remove the mask and begin to remove the armor and, um, and just go through it as it is. And so I have to be really clear because I think one of the things I, I you know, I, I, I try and represent is there are some of us that just don't go through and, and it's, it's not just like, you know, all about missing the alcohol or needing, you know, like the alcohol isn't the thought, but it is the going through the life, um, without, without, um, you know, going through life awake and going through life without, you know, like outside of what the social norm is without the bar scene, without the happy hour, without the five Mm -hmm. o'clock wine, without, you know, without the, you know, without wine on Thanksgiving when your family is there, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the going through the life without the thing that we were using. Um, and, and not it, you know, for me, for me, it wasn't like, God, I could just have the wine. It was just more of God, you know, (laughs) this is, this is painful becoming, right? Just that, like you said, this is the pain of becoming, um, and growing up and, and pushing past what, what I'd accepted for myself. And so that was, I feel that, but I've never had the, I didn't have that, um, that I didn't have that, like that impulse to drink. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't there. That wasn't the burn for me. The burn was being. Right. Yeah, no. And I, and I, I think what, um, after the, because eventually the impulse to drink did leave, you know, and, and I still have it once in a while, but it's far less. And, and what, then what it does become is the burn of facing life. (laughs) It's, it's what you just said, you know, so, and both are equally and challenging and painful. Um, which is the second half of this. All right. And so I think that's like a good way to segue into what is going to be the second part of this that we will um, be releasing next week, which is when you fall off, not the path of sobriety, but when you pa- fall off um, your center after mm-hmm. you have um, been sober, maintained, been sober. Um, which is funny. I would normally say falling off the spiritual path, but um it's that, that letter that I got from that reader yesterday really, truly, um, it's kind of made me think about my terminology. And so I guess just yeah. falling off your center, falling off your path and what it is that is sustaining you and keeps you. Um, and so yep. that will be next week. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, this turned out to be, we all, we both had a lot to say and I'm so glad we did it. You know, I'm, I'm glad we like, this is, I think, one of the most important aspects of 
of this path is well, like, it is right yeah. because you everyone thinks it's just like that the end, like that it should just be this one and done. And there's so much. There's I think the heaviest baggage comes when when we're trying for this and we drink because for me, that was the big thing was like oh my god you know like the fear of what if this is forever and what if I can't do this and there's so many I think there's so many people that before they stop think that they're the one that's not going to be able to do it that they're different yeah like, that, they're, that they're just they're not cut out for this and they can't I think that everyone has that or that they're yeah or, or you know that you're fucked up for not wanting it like you want to want yeah. it but you don't want it and and that that was my experience you know I wanted to want sobriety so bad but I just didn't until yeah. I did and the the truly wanting it came from falling a lot and yes. doing research you know seeing what yeah. laying it out um so yeah, yeah research I like that there's a lot of research <laughs> uh, all right so next week we'll go into discussing um falling off our paths once we're sober and um falling off our center and you know because it's not just it's not just straight and narrow after that um it's a mess God, no. mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a mess a beautiful mess um all right so i think that's it all right so yeah i will see you in a few days yeah happy one year sobriety tomorrow monday tomorrow by the way by the time this airs laura will have 367 days under her belt of bizarre that's Thank crazy you. but it's amazing and mm -hmm. um how do you feel oh god i feel really weird to be honest i said this in a meeting last night i just feel strange you know like it um not in a good way. I, it's, it's <gasps> weird. I didn't expect that. And I guess, you know, a lot of people have said that they felt similar and I don't know what it is. I don't know exactly. Like, obviously I'm, you know, I'm, it's amazing. And I never would have thought in a million years that I would be this person saying that, but, um, but it also, I don't feel totally psyched about it yet. And I don't know why. Um, and just, you know, that's honest truth. I just, feel a little shaky and um untethered or something and I think that's a good a good you know it'll be good to understand when I get through this place what that was but I don't understand it yet so I'm gonna write about it so I can understand how I feel <laughs> and I'm gonna um you know just keep going just keep going and but I, you know, I don't, it doesn't look like, like someone, one of my friends said, do you want to have a party at my house? Oh God. Like, Fuck no. Oh, I don't want a party. That no. sounds awful. Um, that's that's yeah. not a celebration. That's like torture. Um, yeah. No, it's just, um, right. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I, but I do recognize that it's, um, no, it's a big huge. Deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. I've learned. I so I've celebrated it by taking naked selfies, and um, I love that. I know. So it's really funny. I mean, I'm sure people can maybe tell. I don't know, but the two I, and posting a picture, and that's it. That has been like the extent of it. And taking the day, both times, I took the day. Like I savored the day, and yeah. it was. Um, yeah, it was my day. That was it. No, but it was no one else's day but my day. And um, I find it to be, I don't know. I didn't know if I found it to be weird. Um, I found it, I guess I found it to be um, like, fuck, I didn't drink for a year, you know? Yeah, right, right. Like, that's that's some shit. 
Yeah. I think, you know, it, it totally, that's some shit. Yeah, that is some shit. I, you know, I, I think it, to me, it's also, it is important, but it is another day. You know, I, like, I feel, um, I have many, many, many days where I feel profound gratitude and like maybe how I should feel on my, on, you know, coming up on a year, but just being honest, it's not how I feel at this moment. So, and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not like disappointed or I've never, I don't know. I've always found like peak experiences to be quite disappointing um, for like me. New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> New Year's Eve, your birthday, um, anniversary. I don't know. It's just not where it's at for me, but. Um, I agree. I agree. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think, you know, you do what you need to do for you and, and um, who wanted to, oh, never mind. I just, I think it's really funny that somebody wanted to have a party for you. Oh, um, so it, it's like one of my friends in the program and, and she wasn't like, I want to have a, a rager, you know, I was like, do you want to just have a bunch of people that we know over? And I was like, no, no. she was just being nice. You <laughs> I know, know. Some people do want a big old thing to happen. They want a big cake and they want really, like, yeah. That's funny. Uh, um, I, I, but some people don't, and I guess I'm one of those that don't, that doesn't, I'm not. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't even, I mean, I haven't had a birthday party or birthday anything in, um, like six years. And before that it had been like 10 years. I'm just, I get, I don't <clears throat> celebrate either. Yeah. Some people are, some people aren't, but anyway, um, you'll be here in a couple of days and. Oh, let's um, go to dinner. <laughs> we'll go to dinner. All right. Okay. Have a go back to bed. I plan to. I, I, I plan to. I regret the coffee now. Um. All right. Until later. Later. Bye bye. Um. That's good. Yeah. That was really good. I I, I didn't um. Infinitely so